of BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast. I'm Rick Ducey, Managing Director of BIA Advisory Services. We're excited to have this podcast to provide an immediate and deeper look into our current insights and assessments of local media. Every Tuesday, a member of our analyst team will provide insights into traditional and digital ad platforms. We'll talk about BIA's ad forecasts, offer deep dives into business verticals, and consider tech and business model trends all in the local media space. If you have an idea of what you'd like us to cover, drop us an email, podcast at BIA.com. In today's podcast discussion, I'm joined by one of my favorite and most prolific thinkers in the industry um, who is advancing the local radio industry and, and really the local audio industry, as you'll hear shortly. I am talking about none other than Pierre Bouvard, who is Chief Insights Officer for Cumulus Media and Westwood One. Now, in BIA's latest forecast update, we estimated that over-the-air radio will reach $11.4 billion in ad spending this year, 2022, and stay about there through the end of our forecast period in 2026. On the other hand, for radio's digital side, that includes what local radio groups are doing in digital ad sales, streaming, and, and other activities. We see spending doubling from $1.5 billion in 2019 to $3.2 billion in 2026. Radio still holds a solid share of total media spend, no question, ranking um, strongly among the top five media, along with mobile, direct mail, PC, laptop, and TV. But today's local radio may not be the same by 2026. So let's draw Pierre into this. Pierre, welcome. It's so great to be with you again. Before we get started with the formal part of the discussion, you have, you have such an interesting kind of personal journey. Would you mind sharing kind of how you got to where you are today? Sure, sure. So my love of radio started in high school uh, at WRSB, which was a mega 10 watt radio station in Weston, Massachusetts. It was on my <laughs> high school, my high school radio station. Uh, and I really got into um, audience and data coming out of uh, college where I joined Arbitron uh, as a trainer. And then I ended up um, being a sales manager, I went to work for John Coleman. Uh, Coleman is still the leading, uh, uh, you know, programming research guru. Uh, enjoyed that. Got to work with you, Rick, uh, on the OES book when you were at the NAB running research. Uh, I went back to Arbitron to run sales. I uh, had a stop in the TV business working for uh TiVo Research and Analytics, and then about uh, five years ago, I joined Westwood One to run the um, Advertiser Research Group. We we do attribution and measurement studies for big national advertisers at the network. That's excellent. One thing, so there's just on kind of where you are now and how you sit in the industry. I've noticed this kind of morphing, I guess, uh, from research as sort of a focal point to insights. And, and that's, can you kind of describe a little bit of the difference between research and insights and, and how you're seeing that and how you kind of perform that uh, role? Sure. I, you know, I think in its simplest manner, an insight is something that is a useful finding to help you run your business or to make a decision either in the creative. Uh, or a decision about who to target, or maybe even a strategic uh, decision about the business. So it's kind of saying, 
you know, research is a bunch of numbers, but give me something that I can do to make a decision, to take an action, uh, to, you know, grow my business. And that that's actually fascinating to me. And I, uh, for a long time, that's one of the things I've most admired about you is your ability to be that integrative strategic thinker and kind of rise above the fray to see what's going on and, and kind of where to head next. So what, what I'd like to do is ask you to talk about another trend, which is we're, we're it's more than semantics. Um, so you've got these, you know, large radio groups. Um, but they've kind of rebranded themselves uh, as audio. And we're at that kind of classic um, railroad moment where the industry looks at itself and says, are we in a railroad business or are we in the transportation business? And it seems like when radio asks itself, are we in the broadcast radio business or the audio business? The answer is coming back more and more. We're in the audio business and that's a more diversified offering. Of course, live radio stations generate a ton of ad revenue and listenership. Uh, but branching out into podcasting and streaming and, and other kinds of ways of engaging and interacting with audiences and advertisers is becoming much more important. And, and clearly, as I mentioned at the beginning, that's the side where we see more revenue um, lift happening um, in the broadcast industry. Still strong revenue, but the growth is really going to come from from new things, new strategies. Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at the Edison share of your study, which is kind of the authoritative gold standard on how Americans consume audio. You know, if you look at ad supported platforms, you know, stuff I can actually run and add it. About 60% or so of all of the tuning is to over the air AM FM radio. So still the dominant slice, but about 40% is to what I would call digital audio. And that would be a bucket that would include AMFM streaming, Pandora, Spotify, and podcasts. So, you know, audio in its digital form is not a small slice. You know, it's about 40% of the pie. So um, I, I actually am very proud of the radio industry because, you know, 10 years ago, the TV networks were laughing at Netflix you know, and oh my God, they're just taking our reruns and paying for it and he, he, he. Um, and now they are racing to catch up with Netflix by launching their own, you know, streaming. I am so proud of the radio industry because we have jumped onto podcasts in a big way, you know, whether it's iHeart, Odyssey or Cumulus, we've said, we know what this is, you know, this is, these are talk shows, you know, and so Every major radio group has jumped in hard to streaming and to podcasts. So, you know, we're in the audio business for sure. And radio and, and digital size, do you see that those being complementary strengths going forward? Or at some point will, you know, audio become digital and the over-the-air platform will have a role, but digital is just going to keep on growing? Um. No, I, I think the, the broadcast platform is still, for many years, is going to be the centerpiece of, of ad-supported audio. Um, and the reason is, is just because of reach. You know, when you look at the fact that AM, FM, Radio in America, according to Nielsen, is the number one mass reach platform. Yeah. Um, I just saw a statistic that was so eye-popping. If you look at 1834s in a typical week, the reach of linear television is about 55%. So 
So think about that. Almost one out of two American 18, 34-year-olds never watch linear TV in a week. Yes. I mean, that's breathtaking. And when you look at um, uh, AMFM, we're in the mid-80s. So we still have significant reach, even in younger demographics. Yeah, it seems like um, for both TV um, and radio, that, that over-the-air broadcast platform um, is pretty critical, you know, certainly to current um, earnings, uh, but going into the future, it's a great platform. Why, why would you not keep that up and then use either audience extension strategies or audience targeting strategies or just that's what the audience is. They're on digital. They're on smart speakers at home. So let's serve them our talent and our content. You know, however, they, however that ear joins the speaker, we want to be at that uh, that moment uh, to provide our content and engage the audience and uh, deliver advertiser messaging. Yeah, and I think the mass reach of radio is needed more than ever because a lot of American advertisers are watching their former audience that they used to be able to get on linear TV migrate to non-ad supported platforms exactly that they can't reach and so we become the de facto way to get to people under the age of 60 you know if you right. care about people 18 to 60 um you need to be in radio because that's where the reach is right they kind of go behind that silicon curtain yes exactly, exactly. so and, and so speaking of changes and how industries can adjust um um, um I feel horrible to say that it's still a topic as we start off 2022, the pandemic. <laughs> so, so the pandemic has changed so much in our life. Um, and among other things, of course, the way we orient ourselves with media and uh, radio and audio, particularly broadcast audio, in-car audiences are, are so critical to the medium. But of course, it's also branched out into other ways of connecting with the audience, um, digital, like you're saying. What, what's going to happen over this next year as we enter into the, the nth year of dealing with the pandemic from an audio perspective? Yeah, so we have, not surprisingly, studied this a lot, looking at the Nielsen data, looking at the Apple mobility data, which comes off the Apple Maps app. Also looking at Geopath, which is the outdoor advertising audience measurement service. Um, and no doubt in the month of April of 2020, almost two years ago, we did see a dip when America went into the full lockdown. But the dip was short-lived. Audiences basically completely recovered a couple months later. And so ever since then, um, listening has basically been restored. And according to Nielsen, the reach is back, the AQH is back. But the perceptual issue has not gone away, meaning about 8% of the American workforce, 8%, less than 10%, is still working from home. Hmm. And a lot of advertising and agencies and marketers fall into that 8%. And there's a syndrome, which is you have to take the me out of media, right. <laughs> meaning because I'm working at home, therefore, all of America is working from home. It's when you mistakenly personalize your situation onto all of America. Right. And so, you know, when we ask, when Advertiser Perceptions asks, uh, you know, marketers and agencies, what percent of Americans are commuting every day, commuting some days, or working from home, advertisers say it's a third, a third, and a third. 
Hmm. That's the perception. The reality, according to the U.S. Federal Reserve commuter tracking study, is that two-thirds of Americans are commuting every single day. About 18% are commuting some days, which is the same as it was pre-pandemic, and 16% are working from home. The work from home number pre-pandemic was eight. So basically, there's just 8% of the American workforce that is still working at home. So it's a very small percentage. Perceptually, you know, marketers think it's much bigger, but it's very small. And so listening is, you know, fully recovered. Yep. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. And, you know, um, that's one of the reasons why I love talking with you, because you've got that left brain, right brain thing. You know, you know how to read data and understand the methodology, but also how to apply it to kind of a real world situation and and say, and so this is what we should think and do. Um, and in, um, in that um, kind of um, angle of things, you, you did a nice blog post recently about local audio and five strategies to successfully advertise in local audio. It was very in-depth, a lot of great information. I certainly encourage people to, to go check that out. Um, could you just give us a highlight of those um, strategies for being successful in local audio advertising? Sure. So the first one was you should allocate your budget to align with how people use audio. So you know, about, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, about 63% or so of ad-supported listening goes to over-the-air radio. So that should be your first big chunk. Interestingly, 15, uh, excuse me, about 11% of ad-supported audio is AM, FM streaming. So that's a number that has grown uh, decisively over the last five years. It's interesting that that 11% of AM, FM streaming is as big as Pandora and Spotify combined. Interesting. Um, So, you know, you throw about 11% into the stream, you do about 63% over the air radio, another 11% for Pandora and Spotify, and then amazingly, 15% is podcast. And you you can buy podcasting and do something called geotargeting, which means that that ad dynamically inserted only runs in that local market. So so that's the smart way to do an audio plan based using Edison share of ear as kind of your, you know, your planning strategy. The second strategy is what's your objective? What's the campaign objective? Is this a minimum keep your name out there? Is this a grand opening? Like where where along the spectrum is the advertiser uh sitting in terms of those strategies and so the the kind of the minimum is about 200 grps a month and the launch grand opening is about 500 grps a month um and that reaches you know between 50 and 65 percent of a local market depending upon which and using these simple benchmarks once you know what the average cost per point is in a market you can just multiply it by those grp levels and it'll say hey here's your budget yeah, exactly. Um, the third is to make sure you're using all of radio day parts correctly. Radio is miscast as a drive time medium. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, people are surprised to find that 60% of American radio listening occurs outside of drive times. Mm-hmm. The number one most listened to day part is actually middays. Hmm. 
So if you want to look at where do I put my impressions, you put about a quarter of your impressions midday. Then you put about 20% in morning, another 20% in afternoon, 20% on the weekends. And that leaves you about 8% to run at night and about 5% overnight. So using all days and day parts really gets you a lot of reach. Um, step four is like find the right programming format for your target. Uh, what's amazing about radio is you have very youthful formats like rhythmic CHR that have, you know, a median age of like 35 all the way up to spoken word formats that might have a median age, you know, in the upper fifties. So, you know, we literally have a format for everyone pick, you know, a group of formats, you know, kind of to reach your target. And then the last question is simply how many ads do I run um, per week on a station? Um, and again, there's kind of like the very light, light, medium and heavy each has its own strategy. You know, the very light is only reaching about a third of a typical station's audience. The very heavy, which you and I know is the OES schedule, optimum effective scheduling, you know, that reaches about eight out of 10 folks on a radio station. So, right. and in the blog post, we show you how many ads you actually need, but that's it. It's, it's, you know, kind of find the right audience, make sure you're using all the various audio platforms and then run the right number of ads and, and GRPs to match what your marketing objective is. Yeah, that makes sense. So how, I mean, this is really interesting and you gave a lot of um, detailed information and data. Well, where can people go to, to see that blog and your other posts? Sure. So we conduct at Westwood One a tremendous number of advertiser effectiveness studies. We do site and search attribution. We do brand lift. We do sales effect studies and we publish all these studies. We cloak them and anonymize them to protect the profitable uh, and the innocent. Uh, and you can find it at Westwood One. So that's W-E-S-T-W-O-O-D-O-N-E, westwoodone.com. And in the top right-hand corner, it says blog. You click that and you, you know, we basically have five years of case studies and um, lots of, you know, useful information if you want to kind of learn a little bit more about audio. That's great. So here we are in January of 2022, looking ahead at the new year. Um, some good things, some ominous things, and maybe some bad things, I suppose. But what what's what has you excited about the year ahead of you and, and the rest of us in the industry? Sure. Well, you know, I think the latest word is that the Omicron is a fast moving variant. And so, uh, you know, it sounds like we'll be exiting first quarter hopefully seeing, you know, really diminished infection rates and uh, growing vaccinations, which means, you know, more of a kind of the back to normal that I think we started, you know, we were starting to see in October and November. Right. Um, you know, we're going to see the continued stratospheric growth of podcasting. Uh, local uh, markets are jumping into the fray, you know, successful morning shows and talent are creating their own podcasts. So, I think podcasting, you know, will continue a stratospheric growth. Um, I think this will be the year that AM FM streaming will actually beat the combined audience of Pandora and Spotify. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because Pandora's basically been on a five-year collapse. Uh, Spotify's ad-supported audiences have always been super small. Mm. And AM FM streaming has been growing. So I think this will be the year that there'll be more 
streaming audience for radio than there is to Pandora and Spotify combined. Um, you know, from an advertiser perspective, there are a lot of categories that are kind of discovering radio um, and allocating large budgets. The pharma industry, who has long used uh, network TV as kind of their mainstay, has suddenly fallen in love with radio. And you have <laughs> Pfizer running six brands. You have AbbVie running brands. You have J&J uh, jumping in. So there are a number of categories that are really taking off financial is a category that's really exploded. Insurance, which has always been a big category, um, has been growing. So there's, and, and of course, on a local level, sports betting. Um, yeah. Because the demographic of sports betting is really an 18 to 49. There's very little over the age of 50. So it's really perfect for radio because radio does very well under the age of 60 because radio is the soundtrack of the American worker. Right. TV is the soundtrack of American retirement. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, TV is what's playing in God's waiting room. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's definitely skewing a lot older these days because the, the busy young working people with kids are off watching Netflix and, you know, using their subscription streaming. So I think there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon uh, coming up this year. That's great. Well, I always find it um, a, a great mix of fun, uh, educational, informative, and uh, sort of challenging too, because you put some ideas out there. It's like kind of, huh, I have to think about that. And I'm so appreciative of your spending some time with us. Thank you so much, Pierre. Uh, thanks, Rick, so much for having me. And thank you, BIA. You bet. Well, Pierre, thank you again for joining us. Uh, this has been Rick Ducey for BIA Advisory Services Podcast. Tune in for more BIA podcasts where we bring industry insights straight to you. We also invite you to visit our webinars page at www.bia.com, where you can find post and upcoming events related to our data, insights, and thought leadership in the local ed marketplace. Have a great day. Have a great year. Take care, everybody.